Hello, Paul. How are you? It's uh, actually a double combination of my father used to say to me, you want to go with me tonight? I'm at Harvard or I'm at Cornell or here or there. And then, of course, Terry O'Reilly mentioned it to me one night when he and I squared off. And then uh, I said to people, if you'd like to take a walk through my life, turn the page if you want to go. There you go. There there it is. So let's talk specifically about the Tyler Bozak play against Nola Chari last night. As a fan, and you're a huge hockey fan, watching the game, did you think that was a penalty? I don't think anybody who knows anything about hockey would say that it can't be a penalty. It has to be a penalty. There's an action and a result. And the fact is, as the former director of officiating for college hockey with the KHL, as a former referee, when I see errors made by officials, be them linesmen or referees or any, in any sport, I always look to the first part of it, which is positioning. And in this sense, I also look at protocols and division of responsibility and all of those things. The end result is that I think we have a, a bigger and underlying problem. The National Hockey League, and I'm not throwing mud on them, has been forced to be politically correct. We had a play in San Jose where the penalty was called and subsequently uh, the game was turned and tilted because of a major penalty and three or four goals scored. And we had a puck hit a net in Columbus and we had things happen from that. A goal was scored. And if last night there was no goal scored, you and I would not be talking. But the fact is that with replay, with tablets on the bench, with officials who make a a mistake being uh, excluded, sent home. I think that that these guys are gun-shy. And I'm not saying it's it's something that is true necessarily for all of them, but when you start taking out in the the perfect storm all of the things that have happened, when you take O'Halloran out, when you take O'Rourke out, you have Wes McCauley injured, you've got three of your top six referees on the sidelines. Do you think that... Do you think that officials are uh, influenced by what coaches, specifically coaches, maybe even players to a lesser degree, say in press conferences? Because a lot of you, us... You, you folks don't know what goes on prior to the game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And what happens is there's a, a briefing in the day of the game, and they talk about specific things such as Marshawn did this and so-and-so reacted like that, and be aware when you see them out there, not to prejudge them, but just to be have your antenna up. And in the situation, everybody's giving Barubi all this credit. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it, you know, his mouth has turned the tide. I can promise you, and I know these guys, the referees, and I'm not ex- exonerating them or, or, or whitewashing this whole thing, but I think in the sense that that, that goes about as far as reading the paper and then flipping it into the trash because it really doesn't mean much to the guys on the ice. The game's happening, and I'm, I've only been off the ice for like 15 years, but you look at what's changed, and the first thing is that the speed of the game has changed, and then the philosophies have been added on, and the rules have not really been looked at and adjusted so that any situation that arises, such as a hand pass or a puck hitting a net, or in this situation, what should have been a major penalty, in, in my mind, it's a slew foot. 
There's no doubt about it. It doesn't matter whether he meant to do it or not. It's the act and the result you have to judge. So in those senses, let's, let's talk about the NHL digging up Thomas Jefferson, reading the rule book, going through it, and regarding replay and all of these other aspects that are new to the game, guess what? Either you're all in or you're all out. We're talking to former NHL referee Paul Stewart. Now, Stewie, I always wondered about this. When you're on the ice, is there a clicker in your head? And I'm, I'm asking you to theorize here, but Kelly Sutherland's looking at the play. He sees it's clearly a, a penalty. But is there something in his brain that's saying, the Bruins have had three power plays, the Blues have had none, I can't give them another one here in the third period? Does that ever happen? It never happened in my game. And I'll tell you what, we used to laugh about it at training camp when we'd line up to get our equipment. They'd give us a whistle and a bag and pants and sweater and all and sneakers and all of that. Uh, I, I used to say, well, when do we get the marbles? Where, where do we get the marbles so we can, we can keep track of who's got what penalties? And I can absolutely guarantee you that isn't the way it is. I don't think necessarily that Sutherland had as good a view of it as everybody seems to think. First of all, he's not tall. And second of all, I think there was a player between him and the play. The second thing is it doesn't absolve the high referee because he's in a situation where necessarily you could have uh, him make the call. And last but not least, when the slew foot happens, that's a major penalty. So the linesmen are equally responsible. That's why they put four guys out there. A, because the red line's gone and no referee can get from goal line to goal line in six seconds. And the second thing is that because of all of the pressure and the money and all of the teams and all of the, uh, the evenness of the league, any night one call is important. And so in this situation, obviously, we see that this is a play that has had an impact. But it's funny. I, I was talking to a couple of friends of mine that were going to go in last night. The ticket prices went down. Why? It wasn't a game that was necessarily going to be the deciding game. Ticket prices will be up in St. Louis, and ticket prices, if there's a game seven in Boston, will be up. So maybe fans just discounted this. But I think it's a, it's a, it's a combination of a lot of different things that the game has evolved so quickly that it's now time to either reassess and re, reinvent what officiating is supposed to be. We've got the same problem with the NFL. That they're going to look at, you know, look at that interference call, and and it took a team out of the playoffs. Guess what? It, it's now a fact of life. So really sit down and really have a think tank to figure out how exactly to utilize replay and adjust the rules and so on. That's my opinion. Do you think the game is called the same in the playoffs as it is in the regular season, or should it be called the same? Well, I've said often all along in my own life, because I refereed a lot of games and I worked in the playoffs, that the first round is always harder than the fourth round. In the fourth round, players are less likely to do stupid things because they know one penalty or another could be critical, and, and you know the end of the road is right there. But in the first and second round, they have an attrition attitude, and they want to kill each other, and they do that. But I think necessarily is – is the philosophy different? I've never, in my, in my 20 years of refing 17 in the NHL, I never heard a boss walk in and say, well, let's let him play a little bit. Or, you know, and I never, 
in, in charge of college and prep school officiating and when I was in Russia, I never told the referees, don't go by the book, because I've always felt and I still feel that positioning sells calls, so skate, and that happens because of something that happened in Jersey. Dale, you remember, Koharski. You know what? If you're not in shape, you can't skate with these guys. And that's the first thing, and the NHL's done a good job with that. The second thing is go by the rules because the rules are your shield. If you, if you, if you use the, the book properly, they're also your guide. You can't call everything, but get the ones that are impacting. I think the most important thing that we're missing nowadays is the spontaneity of the official. The, the official's got to feel it in his gut, and if he has that feel, then he's going to be able to properly call a game. But, again, you need to be able to uh, utilize the rule book in the proper manner, and a lot of it still is judgment. But I looked at it from the point of view. I had 1,500 minutes in penalties as a player, so I knew what a penalty looked like. <laughs> <laughs> final, final question before we let you go. I thought your officiating style was uh, based on, patterned on uh, the great John McCauley. And, and I thought John McCauley's primary strength was his ability to communicate. He would go to a bench and say, cut the crap. We're not, we're not doing this stuff anymore. And I saw you do that sort of thing. Is that missing today? I don't think it's necessarily missing because there are some people, and it's ironic you mentioned John McCauley, who I named my son after, who had such an impact in my life, my family. McCauley John Stewart is now coming back to Boston from a year after in Duluth, and he's, he's going to Harvard. And, and Wes McCauley is the epitome of his father. And I think the NHL, the day John died, lost a, a, a great, hockey guy he should be in the hall of fame for all that he did is impacting of of his of his manner but all things aside i I think that the officials nowadays fear for their jobs and that was one thing i never feared for you know what you hired me to judge and i'm going out and judge and if that sounds like george Patton, well yeah that was the way i had it going but i also knew one thing my old man used to say to me they're just boys talk to them just to that's what I did. Uh, go to yawanago.com. Y-A-W-A-N-N-A-Go.com. Yawanago.com. You can pick up Paul Stewart's book, a picture of he and Stan Jonathan, I think. No, it's Terry O'Reilly on the front cover. Excuse me. Let's get it right, Dale. Uh, Stewie, it's always good to talk to you, pal. Thank you. Thanks very much. Good talking to you, too. See ya. Be well. That Thank is you. Paul Stewart, former NHL referee.